0: This is the Fullport
1: Podcast with Josh Howard and Nate Wyatt. Brought to you by TP Howard's Plumbing. Hey, this is Josh Howard, TP Howard's Plumbing. There's nothing worse than a plumbing emergency. On today's podcast, I want to introduce Gorham Bradley and Chase Cress from Stanberry Insurance. So these guys provide us with our insurance for the whole company. Alright, so let's start with Chase. Morning routine. Morning routine. I
2: I was prepared for this. I do brush my teeth. I just started after I heard the podcast. I hadn't brushed my teeth in years. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I do brush my teeth in the mornings. Um, We have uh, two kids and two dogs. So I get up in the morning, feed the dogs, start the breakfast for the kids. Um, Wife gets up, helps with that. Um, Usually get up around six o'clock in the morning.
1: So what's for breakfast?
2: My older son prefers eggs and toast most days, so even though I try to talk him out of, you know, something simpler, Pop Tart or a waffle or something, it's, he <laughs> insists on eggs and toast. Uh, the little one eats whatever whatever big brother eats. So it's what uh, kind of eggs? He likes over medium, but if you're fixing for a group, it's hard to fix over medium eggs because you got to cook two or three at a time, and right? Then, you know, so most of the time it's scrambled eggs with
1: toast. Over medium, I like over medium.
2: Yeah, right. uh, Goran Bradley
0: here. Uh, I'm, I'm a teeth brusher, also also a shower person uh, to start the day. Uh, we have three kids, a 14 year old, a 12 year old, a nine year old and a one year old Labrador retriever that uh, very easily could be brothers with, uh, with Landry. So uh, a lot of the same same look there. Um, you know, my job in the morning is to stay out of the way. Uh, of everybody else in, in my family. My, my wife runs a very organized ship with getting everybody out of the house first thing. And um, so I'm out of the house as soon as they're out and uh, off and running to, to help people.
1: So we discussed before we started this that you guys, what, 21 years, you've known each other? That's right.
0: Yeah, we uh-huh. were college uh, roommates and teammates at Western Carolina University on the
2: golf team. Uh, I was. I guess we met when I was a sophomore and you were a freshman. You hosted me as as the um, as an incoming potential freshman, so you would have been a freshman also
0: when we met. Okay, yeah. so you were coming in. I hosted me year.
2: on my visit, and uh, my dad came down with me the visit, played around the golf, met the team, and I remember we got in the car and he said, "I really like Gorman. I think you guys are going to be good friends." <laughs> uh, and he, he was
1: right. Uh, we've been friends ever since. Yeah. All right, so. I didn't know that before we started so let's let's go back start with you Gorham
2: yeah
1: where'd you grow up let's elementary school high school yes yeah, so I was originally from Eastern North
0: Carolina about an hour east of Raleigh a little town called Spring Hope okay. um, easily nearest gas station you know fast food seven to eight minutes away so very kind of rural. Uh, my mom was is a or was a, a third grade teacher my dad carried the mail and had his own uh side business as a reforester so they worked really hard uh for my brother and i and and we had a great childhood growing up grew up on a little small nine hole golf course that's where i taught myself how to play golf walking across the street every day and um it's kind of where we got started and um you know basketball is another big love of mine growing up and but college golf was a dream and uh, western carolina university provided a great opportunity for that so Left eastern North Carolina and never really been in the mountains whatsoever. And my first visit to Cullowhee and WCE fell in love with it, and uh, knew we wanted to make Western North Carolina our home very soon after that.
2: So I grew up in western part of Virginia. Most people say Roanoke, and then I tell them three hours west of Roanoke, so down in the point of Virginia, a little town called Big Stone Gap. Uh, there's a movie uh, that was made there: Whoopi Goldberg, uh, Patrick Wilson. Uh, Ashley Judd, we're all in it, came and actually stayed in the town. This was in 2015. Stayed in the town for about two months to film the movie, which was interesting. Um, but played golf as, as a kid, also played baseball. Was a decent baseball player, but fell in love with golf and was fortunate enough to have a few scholarship opportunities and uh, chose Western Carolina. And uh, my mom was in retail. My dad operated a chain of convenience stores, and, um, and also operate a radio station so i have been behind the microphone a few times over the years uh, with him so uh, family still lives there and go back and see them some Um, uh, you know i knew western carolina was home i mean as soon as i came through catamount gap and saw the campus um, it was it was where i knew i wanted to be
0: so an interesting part of that story about our relationship so we were you know college teammates college roommates so when I graduated in August of 04, uh, I then got hired as the head men's golf coach at Western Carolina University. Okay, so I was one of the youngest college coaches in the country at the D1 level at 23 years old. To be a candidate for the job, I had to move out of the house that I lived in with Chase. Okay, so I then became went from being his teammate to then his coach in the matter of like a couple weeks. Oh, wow. And we did that for an entire semester. And, and you would think it – you know, I think about the guys that – Keith Tyberski, who's the head coach at Colgate, Tim Eckberg, who's the, the golf coach at Western Carolina now, some of those guys that, you know, they they had enough respect for me and kind of handled that, that I went from being teammate to coach, that we had a really good run with it. And, um, you know, now we are. Here we are today. I so, called him coach, too. I was – Did you? I, do, I, do you still call I him coach? That. <laughs> yeah, I do.
1: I do. He's, he's my
0: coach. <laughs> So, we got some great memories from that. And there were a couple of hard decisions we had to make. And the, the one thing I look at it today, you know, you trust somebody and believe in them. Because I, I had to make a tough call uh, his senior year. Uh, we had been up at Radford Uni- University's tournament and Chase didn't play well that week, and we still won the tournament. But there was another uh, one of my dear friends now that played great, that was playing as an individual. Okay, and usually when that happens, that guy gets plugged in the lineup, and Chase gets benched. Right. Well, going into the conference championship that year, it was Chase's senior year, and he had a great career. So I had a decision to make: I'm either going to put the guy that played well one week, or I'm going to bench Chase, and Chase's college career is over. Right. Wow. Yeah. So then at that point, I make a decision. I went met with the guy, and I said, "Listen, I love you. You play great. You know." I know you got another year left you got another opportunity i'm going to give the nod to chase and i went to him i said hey i believe in you bud i said make it happen he goes and finishes 11th at the conference tournament made us look really good and that was one of the best coaching decisions i ever
1: made <laughs>
0: <laughs> so how,
1: how long did you coach for
0: so i was the men's golf coach there from 2005 to 2010 it's so the better part of six seasons uh, had a great run, um, a part of some really great history in Western Carolina golf. I mean, we were what we'll point top 60 in the country. We traveled all over the country. I mean, we beat Oklahoma. We beat Duke. Um, had a two-time Southern Conference champion, several all-conference performers. Uh, at the time, broke nearly every record that we had at Western Carolina golf until our current coach there now was – rewriting the record books from that. And, uh, and then we've got a proud alum out there right now, JT Poston, that's on the PGA Tour, tour time, two-time PGA Tour winner. Uh, is still actively involved
2: in the program. So. Okay. So then you finished school. I took the traditional insurance path, which is I was not sure what I wanted to do with my life. I was in golf business at the time, was going to be a, an assistant professional was home visiting uh, family one weekend in Virginia and uh, ran into the wife of the owner of the first agency that I worked for. She asked me, what, what are you gonna do after college? Said I was gonna be in the golf business. And she said, well, if you have an interest in the insurance business, we're, we're looking for someone now. And I actually started doing um, the role that Gorham does, which is the business insurance side, so property liability, auto, uh, workers' compensation. So I started that in 2005 and worked for that agency until 2018 and Stanberry had an opening in the benefits which i had transitioned into employee benefits health insurance dental vision um in about 2007. Uh, so I had about 11 years of experience with that at the time Stanberry had an opening and and gore recruited me uh to come and work with him which uh has been
1: the best decision of my career far and away absolutely love it here so let's let's go back we got the dog walking around in here uh, but let's go back when did you so you I'm asking this you both met your wives at Western Carolina we did okay we did. Chase actually introduced me to my
0: wife <laughs> <laughs> so if it wasn't for him I mean then it's not Rebecca and there's not our three beautiful children and how this whole thing comes about look at that
1: Yeah. Nice <laughs> so then when did you, you told us before we started this, when did you live together, all together? So that would have been
2: my sophomore and junior, no, it would have been my junior year. And it would have been the first part of your senior year over the, and it was over the summer as well. Cause we stayed, everybody worked. Um, my wife is also a golfer. She, she came from Ohio, uh, was on the women's golf team. So the, the golfers worked at the golf course and uh, Gorms wife Rebecca worked either in the the restaurant of a golf course or in <laughs> local restaurants so we we stayed in the summer um, I only went home after my, my freshman year and stayed the other three years and you know we had a blast in the summertime we worked a lot of hours and it was a hard job I mean you you were expected to work seven days a week you know 10 12 hours a day and um, you know so but, but we had a great time when we weren't working and you know we would house sit for members and be able to stay up on the mountain and cashers, which was a treat. You didn't have to drive home down the mountain every day. What golf
1: course is that?
0: So we were at the Country Club of Sapphire Valley. Uh, Ashley was at Highlands Country Club. Rebecca was between Colosagea, Sapphire Valley, the library. You know, we just hustled. We were valet cars. We had a little side valet business up there. I mean, we we did adults <laughs> cash shine people's shoes. It was cash. I mean, and we just yeah. ran hard with it, and we were living high on the hog there for a while, and it was good the the one memory that i have that we we had a labrador retriever that was emma was howled at the time maybe one one and a half yeah and you had hugo okay and we chase and i had kind of you know secured the 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 dogs in the kitchen uh, of the apartment all right thinking they were going to be safe because
2: we had i guess had the late shift that day well we were gone for seven eight hours you know taking them out well
0: the girls got home before us Okay, and the dogs each got an upset stomach in their kitchen. (laughs) Okay, well, you would think that they would go clean it up. They left it there, and they went somewhere else and hung out, and then we came home to it and had to clean it all up. Is that right? That's exactly right. Oh, that's perfect.
1: (laughs) So. (laughs) So, after 2010, you came to Stanberry or where'd you not go yet not
0: yet actually so in about 2008 you know i had two jobs i was the assistant golf professional at sapphire valley i was the head men's golf coach at western carolina you know i was gone all the time and, and knew that i really didn't want to be in the golf business you know for my career and want to be in college athletics had built a good team around me and raising money for western carolina university in terms of scholarship support and the university came to me and said hey you know, why don't you transition to this role and help, you know, the entire athletic department raise money. So from 2008 to 2010, I had a dual role where I was the director of the Catamount Club, which was the, the annual fundraising arm for Western Carolina, very similar to the Seahawk Club uh, at UNCW right. and um, and the men's golf coach. But I was gone hundred nights a year for those, oh, wow. you know, basically through years with a, a small child. Hank was born in 2008. Um, and then the university came back to me in 2010-11 and said, "Listen, we love you having us as a golf coach, um, but we need you to take on a bigger role and, and have you raise money for the entire athletic department in a couple of different roles. So I became the associate athletic director in 2010 and served in that role in 2017. So I stepped down as men's golf coach at that year. So as had sports division of both golf programs, served as one of the athletic director's right-hand people. I uh, had a great run with Chancellor Belcher during that time. who did a lot of great things at Western Carolina, and our athletic director. And, you know, through that is when I met the Stanbury family. And uh, Larry Stanbury, who founded Stanbury Insurance from scratch, very similar to T.P. Howard and your, your dad and your mom's story, is that there was one employee, and that was, you know, their mom. It was Scott and Kevin's mom. Larry founded it from scratch in 1980 and he was one of western carolina's top five all-time donors to western carolina university so that was going to be a guy that i got to know really well in my role and we built a great relationship and through that i got to know kevin his son and scott that are the two principal owners now of of stanbury insurance And, and they were on the boards that i oversaw at western carolina so they watched me for the next from 2010 really 2008 to 17 build our revenue generation model for um, Western Carolina Athletics and probably starting in about 2013 Larry brought me over to his home and said you know you're not here today to talk about Western Carolina you're talking you're here to talk about you know maybe possibly joining our company and uh, and I said look I'm not ready to do that I got a passion for college athletics I can't spell insurance Um, (laughs) he said and I said listen I'm on a path to become you know, a division one athletic director, and I'm just not willing to do that. And he said, do you realize, you know, how well you can take care of your family if you transition this business? I said, I think I'm doing pretty good right now. And I said, no. <laughs> Fast forward another 18 months or so, Kevin, you know, Stanberry, one of the, dear friend, um, says, hey Gordon, we want to talk to you again. I know you said no to my dad the first time, you know, but Scott and I really want you to be here. We believe in you and we'll teach you how to do this thing and be part of the future. I said no again. And then they came back, and I remember it was um, January of 2017. We just had another rough football season. I was burnt out, and I was on my way to Fort Myers, uh, Florida, to see a friend of ours down there, had Hank, my oldest son, with us on a little father-son golf trip. I get another message from Kevin. He said this is the last time we're going to do this. He said we really want you to come to Stanberry Insurance, and I looked over at Hank, and I was like, "We got it. We got to talk about this." So we came back, met. Put a deal together and uh, took took a leap of faith. I trusted them. Right. I I believed in them. I knew they were going to put the right people around me. Um, and we went all in with it in 2017. It was the best decision that we've ever made in our life. And then then you fast forward to be able to recruit you know great talent and people that you trust like Chase and his family to join our agency, and uh, we've grown significantly. I mean Kevin and Scott put the foundation around people like Chase and I that very similar to TP Howard that the way we appreciate our employees and we were we're over probably right at 41 42 employees now we have got a location in in Silver kind of where the primary headquarters are to Wayne'sville to Highlands and Cashers but our reach is basically all over the southeast uh now and um it's just been a great ride up we you know just appreciate all the support that our team has given us and um you know we're excited about the future
1: yeah for sure so then you came on in 18. Came in in 17. 17, and you came in right then?
2: I came in uh, 2018. Okay. So there was uh, the, the lady that operated and kind of ran the benefits department for Sanbury had to retire. Um, so there was a vacancy there, and you know I was already in the role that I essentially came here uh, to take over. Had some things at the other job that were just not going the way that I anticipated they would go um, on top of that. You know, I said I met my wife here. We we both loved Western North Carolina, so that was the easiest conversation I've ever had with her because she was, you know, she enjoyed Southwest Virginia, certainly where we live, but she was not super fond of it. But we we both loved Western North Carolina. We loved the Bradley family and to to be able to be with them was a no brainer for us. So I, I had a discussion with her, you know, I have an opportunity. She said, I will go rent the U-Haul this afternoon and we will transition <laughs> out. And uh, we came here in August of 2018. So just celebrated fourth anniversary of being at Sanberry Insurance. And I've been in the insurance industry now about 17 years. So
1: so you moved back home after college? I did, Okay, near, near
2: home. I didn't move back to the hometown, but I moved near enough that I was in the region and, you know, saw family frequently. And I think I told you guys when, when we started, you know, my grandfather, uh, you know, lived in the town where he always grew up. He was a, a, a really just hardworking man. One of, one of my, I mean, my role models, the greatest person that, that I had in my life. Um, and you know, I, we moved about 45 minutes away and he, he just, he said we would come over for Sunday afternoon dinner and he would say, are you guys, you going back this afternoon or are you going to wait and go back in the morning? I mean, that was that was big to them. I mean, 45 minutes away, it was it was as if I had moved to Texas, you know. And, um, you know, that was just kind of the – that was the perception they had. And I remember telling my grandmother we were, we were moving to North Carolina and she said, why would you want to do that? And it didn't matter what reasons I gave. There were, there were lots of great reasons why. She just could not understand why we would want to leave. But, um, you know, it's, it's been excellent for us you know, we, we just love being here and, you know, certainly the relationships with TB Howard and the other groups that we have, um, I, I enjoy it tremendously.
1: And so how did, how did y'all get involved with us? Were we get involved, was it BJ? And, and this is where, you know, relationships matter, you know, so,
0: um, former employee of TP of TB Howard's might, I know it was close to everybody. Um, Josh and, and Pat, I B.J. Green, that's a proud Western Carolina graduate. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, we were, I mean, B.J. was, I mean, the legends that he has in, in, in colorway at Western Carolina go down in history. But we just happened to be at the Southern Conference Basketball Tournament in Asheville. This would have been in March of maybe 18 or, or so. Have 19, March I of 19. him also. And, um, and we're there, it's like a hospitality suite, and we were catching up on insurance, this and that. And he said, I think you need to reach out to T.P. Howard. He said, I, I think they, they would probably welcome the opportunity to, be able to work with you guys. I think you're going to fit. I know you guys. I know them. Um, kind of how you carry yourself, how you do business, and um, you ought to put that on your radar. So I just stayed in touch with B.J. on it, and I said, hey, look, we want to come over and meet with you guys. And uh, he said, here's Barbara's phone number. So I called Barbara <laughs> and uh, called her, and she took my call, and, um, and she said, oh, yeah, you're, you know B.J.? And uh, she was kind of quiet, soft-spoken at the time. And um, she said, he told me you were gonna call. And I said, listen, we like to schedule time to come talk about who we are at Stanbury Insurance, our philosophy as a family-owned business and kind of see who you guys are at TP Howard and see if there's a a relationship and a partnership that can be developed from there. And she said, sure, come on by. And we came by the first time and met with her out in the kitchen, uh, pulled up the nice cool chairs that are out there and um met pat met everybody and then she was like all right we'll see what you guys can do and uh, we went to work put some plans together and and here we are today going on three to four years later
1: yeah four years yeah what i don't know anything about insurance besides what you do for us and Mm -hmm. you know but we'll start with what is the hardest part of your job I think the hardest part of my job is I I
2: do the health insurance for all of the employees. So when we make decisions, we being, whether it's the, the group at the table, Barbara, Pat, whomever makes the decisions, it has an impact on every employee that works here in their family because it's their number one, the cost of the insurance, what they spend on a monthly basis to have the coverage. Number two, the benefits they have when they go to the hospital and nobody goes to the hospital when they're well. So it's, it's usually a, you know, a, a negative event when you, you know, insurance is the one thing you use. The only way to find out how good it is, is you have something go wrong. And that's really hard to, um, to, to comprehend with people because you always want to say how great your product is. Well, something bad has to happen. You have to get sick. You have to have a work comp claim. You have to have an auto accident to see how good your coverage performs. Uh, and you know, on the, the benefits side, it impacts every employee when, the company makes tough decisions on the insurance, whether the premiums change or the benefits change, all the employees come back to the company and, and you know it has an impact on that. So we, we deal with a lot of really large numbers. Um, you know The cost of healthcare, the cost of insurance continues to go up. So we're constantly trying to come up with ways to mitigate that cost. And we have to do it in such a way that it doesn't disrupt what the employees and their families uh, you have to do to access that care. Uh, so that that's the hardest part of my job is the the budget just continues to to grow and i think we do a good job of, of fighting that um you know we won't get into to stats of how how the things have gone here but you know we've generally been able to keep the benefits the same for the past three or four years we've generally been able to keep the costs the same for the past three or four years and to me that that is the most important thing is that you know we we don't get free insurance because we sell it we go through the same process that all of our members go through that we have to go home and discuss the budgets with family and make decisions, and and that I, I take that to heart every time I talk with any employee at any group that I work with.
0: Yeah, I, I would say for me on the on the property, the liability, the workers' comp, the auto side, that there's a, you know, we represent the carrier that represents you know TP Howard, and we represent a multitude of carriers, but. We need to be able to instill the confidence in your team that the carrier that we select to ensure your operation is going to be a carrier that's going to support your business operation. So there's got to be a trust factor there because you guys don't know the carriers. You know Stanbury Insurance because you know us. So there's a trust factor there. And and I think that's the part that, while it's it's not hard, but that's the one that I take the most responsibility in and I care. So when we put the programs together, we're going to look at every asset for TP Hire, whether it's the utility division, whether it's the plumbing division, and say, okay, is, if we addressed everything we possibly can from an insurance perspective that's out there in the industry. So there, there, if there is a claim that the investment that this business makes, you're going to be protected. There could be some situations where in the insurance industry, there's some things you're just not covered. Okay, there's just not available within the insurance marketplace to purchase. But if it is available, we want to make sure that you're aware of it so you can make the business decision at that point. Is this the right way to go? And and I, and the other piece of it is, is is the organization. My team on my side, it's not just Gore and Bradley. There there is right. Vicky Oakes, there is Susan Price, there is Scott Stanberry, there is Kevin Stanberry, and their are backups to all those folks that if, if one of us were to get hit by a bus, okay and you can't get me, and we need something right now that Barbara, Nathan, the team knows where to go so that we can get support for you guys as quickly as possible. Because what your employees may or may not know with the jobs you have, the other contractors, there are certificates of insurance that have to be provided on a daily basis that can be very complex. Right. And, and you have to have the expertise and the capability. And, and I'm, I want to brag on my team because I, I and I know this from the feedback from working with you guys over the last several years that, that you feel supported right. in a great way from that team. And, and those are things that I personally don't have the expertise in that they do. And I trust them to do that. And um, so I'm proud of them and uh, and they work really hard. And I know one thing they care a lot about T.P. Howard. And that, I think that's what you're looking for in a partner is somewhere where the employees on both sides. And while they not may not have the relationship that I have with you on a on an interface level, one thing Barbara Howard calls or Nathan Wyatt and, or they hear from me and they say, hey, there's something going on with T.P. Howard. we got to help them out. There's nothing more
1: that gets thrown to the highest of the priority level. I mean, I, I think from my standpoint is and what I preach to our people is answer the phone. If you answer the phone, you have work. It's a little different in our business, but y'all have always answered the phone. Like, anytime, text, whatever, you know, every time. So that that's huge for... Yeah, we, we
0: actually, Chase and I, pride ourselves. It's not about hours, it's not about minutes, it's about seconds, you know. I mean, <laughs> right. it's if I if I see something from T.P. Howard, and I know when he sees something from T.P. Howard, it doesn't really matter. I could be somewhere else that we're I'm coming out of wherever I'm in to make sure y'all are okay, because I know one thing, you're, you're calling because you, you need help.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know one time that, this is a couple months ago I called maybe Levi called and it was something maybe we had screwed up on and didn't get in time but I think you did it and Vicky did it <laughs> 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 so, that was you know we knew we were taken care of so I don't know I want you to explain if you can and I don't know that you can like the insurance business because I mean we can sit here all day and I know that you you mitigate our risk Okay, and I call you when we flood a house, you know, or, or something happens and we actually have something to talk about before you go today. Uh, Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> like, can, can you explain that? Is there a way to explain? I think you already have. I'll start. I mean, I, so here's,
0: here's what we got. We got, let's look at the auto side which is one of your, okay, right. That's actually my, your yeah. greatest liabilities because you've got a fleet of nearly 100 vehicles, okay? And your employees are driving the vehicles. When, when you're in an accident on behalf of T.P. Howard, and T.P. Howard's you know, deemed to be at fault, being that driver was responsible for what caused that accident, the insurance coverage, you know, whether it's the, the repair of your vehicle, but also the damage to the other person's vehicle or their property, or if they were injured, falls on behalf of TP Howard. Okay, so that's why you carry the auto liability limits that you have, it's why we have an umbrella policy in place at the level that we do, is to help protect the business in the event of a catastrophic claim where there may be a severe injury, a fatality. Uh, And then you have the worker's comp piece, okay? So if that particular employee was injured while they were driving that vehicle, it's gonna help offset their medical expenses as well as compensate them while they're out of work. If they're on a job site, okay? We've been through a few, a few th- claims like this before. If they get hurt on the job site, your employees need to know, hey, if, if it's small, hey, we get through it, but if it's something significant, they could take rehab, surgery, things like that, that you have a workers' comp carrier in place right now is gonna have a streamlined process they're gonna communicate with, they're gonna be able to go see the doctors they need to see and get back up and running. so they can come back to work as soon as possible. Uh, and I think those things are, are vital and and also when it comes back to the work that you do um, mitigate risk don't be in such a hurry sometimes it's hard to kind of churn jobs out you know going to the next one but just realize when we don't do something exactly right your insurance coverages helps really pull that back together which can be costly in certain things but that's also why the business being T.P. Howard makes the investment into your insurance every year so that you right. are protected. And that's just on, I would say, the property, the liability, the auto, the workers' comp side that I help support for T.P. Howard. But Chase, I'll let you speak on the health insurance side. And I think
2: on the benefit side, again, it's, it's more employee facing. So I remember the first podcast you had Pat on the podcast and he—I mean he said health insurance benefits were important. For him to be able to offer and i don't know how long you all have been offering the insurance benefits um, you know to employees but as those costs continue to go up you know number one next to your payroll the the health insurance is probably one of the largest line items you have and to be able to to work through controlling those costs and at the same time have a competitive package for you to be able to attract and retain good employees which is getting more and more difficult every day it seems You know, and we have employees not just from T.P. Howard, but a lot of our clients that will leave and go somewhere else a month later, two months later, they come back because the grass is not greener on the other side. You all do a really great job. You know, you pay people well, you have a great culture and you provide good benefits. That's important for you all not only internally to control those costs, but externally to be able to market yourselves as a, you know, a a leading uh, employer here in Western North Carolina. So that that is that is where. We really take a lot, of, um, a lot of importance on our shoulders to, to show you everything that's available and work through those options to, to help you understand, number one, what you're buying, but number two, why you're buying the product
1: that you're buying. <clears throat> so is that what sets you apart? Is that what makes you, is that what obviously, is that what makes you Stanberry Insurance? You know, is that what? It's the people. The, the people and the talent make Stanberry Insurance who we
0: are, and we also have the commitments from the carriers. Okay, Stambury Insurance couldn't be what it is without the relationships we have the insurance carriers in the marketplace. Okay, you transitioned health plans a couple different times recently. Okay, because we have the contracts with the health insurance providers that Chase can negotiate the best rate. Okay, for TP Howard and its employees which means that we may have to pivot, make some moves right. from time to time. We've been fortunate enough, the carrier that we have on the liability side and the workers comp, you know, we've it's been the carrier that, that committed to TP Howard from the beginning when we started working together back in 20, to where we've been able, they've been the most competitive, but we also have markets, that I would call it bullets in the gun, that if we're always gonna look at every year to make sure that they stay competitive and they are the best, Available in the marketplace from a, a, a pricing standpoint and a coverage standpoint, so that that to me, I mean, not only the the people that are helping to to manage and work with you day to day, but those carriers that those that Steamboat Insurance has to offer, in my opinion, differentiate us from anyone uh, in Western North Carolina and through this entire area.
1: Anything you want to add to that, Chase? Well said. <laughs> so let's switch gears. Haywood County floods y'all both live out there so how how did that affect you well first part well tell tell a story about driving home that day so chase and i had a meeting here here in Asheville, and uh we
0: were uh, riding together we don't do that very often but for this particular day we did and i'll never forget it was rain and heart i take that back we were separate cars because i followed
2: you home that's correct yeah we we were we were carpooling but we were uh, i mean not carpooling we were riding together in separate cars yeah
0: so and I'll never forget, driving down 40, and, and I've been a part of and living in eastern North Carolina, hurricanes, you know, growing up and then living in the mountains in 04, 05, when we had, you know, the hurricanes that came through Western North Carolina. I mean, it was, I knew what a lot of rain looked like. And I'm like, wow, this is coming down. It's intense. And it was right about that time that microburst hit Haywood County, hit Crusoe. But we didn't hear anything about this. We're in our meeting in Asheville. We come out just after 5.00 place we were at, there was water going everywhere, and I'm like, whoa, this was a lot of rain. Our wives call us and they're like, hey, they've shut I-40 down, you know, the back way, you know, smoke bar Highway, you couldn't get back that way. You know, I'm trying to think about, okay, how are we gonna get home? Well, then I have an insured that calls and says, hey, Gordon, we're in trouble. We got water coming into our place of business and trying to get a plan in place for what that looks like. And at that time, we did not know the extent of the damage other than that the Pigeon River was out of his banks and fast. And there had been so much rain that had come through there and those culverts, everything that had it really it just got backed up so much with debris that basically created a tidal wave through there. And, you know, it's, it's, it's hard because, you know, our kids go to school at Kent Middle, you know, which was affected, Pisgah. You know, I go, sometimes I go home that way and, and you just, you drive through a beautiful area like Bethel, Crusoe, that is, and those people that lived there lived there for generations they had no warning, okay? They had no warning whatsoever. I mean, the time of day that it happened, if, if it had been an hour or so and kids would have been home versus what that looked like, I mean, the people that lost their lives during that, it could have been much more than that would occur. occurred. But then I also saw what a, a community, and I think that's something that, why Chase loves living where we live, why I love living where we live is people came together Um, There was this, um, there's been media on it, Bear Waters Brewing Company that we work with and was on the phone with them. The next day we're there and I I walk in there and the owner, okay, is in this jumpsuit. There are 75 to 100 volunteers and and there's mud everywhere. They're trying to get it all out of the basement, all their equipment, only just a little bit, got in the upstairs brewing area, but enough where they were shut down for several months. And I went in there and there's a guy Okay, Rob Rowland, who's a friend of mine and chases his wife, um, Cece Hips is the director of the Chamber of Commerce and and Rob's in real estate and I walk over there and I said, Rob Rowland I mean, he had mud all over his face. And I said, I said Rob, how do you know this guy? And 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 he says, I don't. He said they needed help. He said oh, and wow. Kev's like, I don't even know who this guy is. But though that's the community that we're a part of and, and I just I realized it's like, wow, these People just lifted a hand. They were coming in, and um, and it was really humbling to see how that came together. Now they're back up and running, and you know Zeb Smathers, who's the mayor there. They took a lot of pride in getting Canton back on its feet. Took a year plus, right? Um, you know the football field. You know Pisgah High School is still. You know they have two years in a row. They've had to play at alternative sites. You know the impacts it's had when, on those. When's
1: the Tuscola pisgah game? Is that it already just ha-
0: just happened?
2: Yeah, but it happened two weeks where? ago it was at tuscola high school this year and that's the second year in a row second year it was and i I think tuscola allowed pisgah to have a home game if you will they they gave all of the the gate sales all the concession sales to to pisgah they let all pisgah's uh staff come and run uh the game they allowed pisgah to put up all of their you know their um signage and i mean they they treated it as a home game and I could understand, you know, the, the residents of Canton, the, the Pisgah team, where maybe that's not exactly what you want. You would, you would much rather have it in, in your hometown, on your home field. But I, I think just, again, the community allowing that to come, right. uh, so come, come to fruition so everybody could attend the game. And, you know, I know that game is really important for the athletic departments of both of those schools. I mean, it, it provides a lot of support financially. And to be able to have that, I, I think, was really important and, and shows what the community can do. Who won that game? So Tuscola won in overtime,
0: didn't they? Yeah, it was a nine-year uh, streak that Pisgah had oh, won, man. and uh, I was in double overtime. You know, it starts to become real when you're, you know, our oldest son, Hank's in ninth grade, and 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 I told him going in, I've got friends on on the Pisgah staff, and I just said, I, I just think Tuscola looks good this year, and then he just said, I said Dad, Pisgah's gonna win. They they just believe in themselves, and they came down to right at the end of the game, which is pretty neat. Yeah. Great high school rivalry, by the way. One of the best in North Carolina. Oh, yeah, definitely.
1: Definitely. So let's go to some stories. I know you've got some stories like we all do. So give us one or two.
2: You want an insurance story or a personal story? I know you. you we had discussed both. Well, you
1: can do whatever you got because, you know, 21 years of knowing each other, I'm sure there's a, there's probably a lot we can't say. <laughs> so you can do an I'll insurance I'll say there's a, a lot of great memories. <laughs> we, we've
0: had some of the, the – the, most enjoyable memories i mean our, our families to be kind of lockstep to each other um you know chase i'll let you start
2: see if you want to dive in on that on the insurance side or you want to go go personal i'll start with a good insurance story um you know insurance i think is fairly pedestrian most of the time i mean obviously some of the, the claims situations that happen can be crazy um but i i had a i used to sell individual health insurance and uh, I saved a marriage one time. So I had a guy that uh, needed some individual health insurance for his family and I gave him all the information and the, the requirements are very strict. If you don't submit the information by the last day of the month, you don't have insurance coverage for the next month. So this guy delayed and delayed and delayed and he called me on the first and he said, I need to get this policy in place. And I said, it's, it's too late, you, you had to submit it by the end of the the month prior. So he hangs up the phone. He calls me back about half an hour later. And he said, I I really hate to tell you this, but he said, if, if I don't get this insurance coverage in place, my wife is going to leave me. And I'm thinking, I I didn't sign up for this. This is, I'm not getting (laughs) in the middle of this. I said, I said, I can't, I can't do anything to help you. I mean, this is not my rule. This is state law that says you can't, you know, you can't place coverage after the end of the month so he's distraught and he, he hangs up the phone. Well, his wife calls me about half an hour later and she tells me that this is just one of many things that he's not taking care of things. And I mean, I counseled this. I don't know this woman. I know the guy <laughs> barely because I did some business for his, his, his father and his brother. They had a, 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 a business I've worked with and I didn't know him at all. And, uh, I never talked to his wife period. And, and I counseled her through that and kind of talked her <laughs> off the ledge of leave. I mean, they have been married 20 some years Oh wow! and I made a couple phone calls probably way more than I would ever do. And I actually got the company to go back and get <laughs> coverage. And they are, as far as I understand, still married today. So that, that's probably my craziest insurance story was, um, I, I, I managed to save a marriage, but. A good personal story I got one that that'll resonate
0: with some people a lot of people I think so this would have been a year a year and a couple months no been a year or so ago we're at the office normal day hectic day Um, I see chase come in and out he's frantic I can just something because I we kind of use the same exit in and out of our office in Waynesville um, and I had just gotten off the phone with a, an insured of ours that's a, a dump truck operation out of Charlotte. And, you know, and I'm sitting there and I can just tell his eyes are just big. And I was like, hey, bud, you okay? And he said, I got some news. And I was like, okay. He said, we're having a baby. And I said, I thought you couldn't have any more children. <laughs> Mind you, Knox, they have a 10 year old, nine year old at the time. Basically, told it was a 99.9% chance that they couldn't have any more children. They were resounding to the fact that they couldn't have any more children. And, uh, and he looks at me and we're, we're having a baby. And I was like, How'd that happen? He's like, Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it was, but it was scary too because she was farther along than they thought so and uh, because you know you just you're told that you can't have any more children there's nothing in your body that is telling you that you're pregnant and you're just not looking for those particular things and then next thing you know we got we got max Cress, who's the miracle baby and uh, everything went great and he's just added to the another dynamic to our whole family
2: you know business kind of setup anything you want to add to that miracles can happen god can do whatever he wants to do because a doctor when a doctor uses the word impossible you kind of think that's the way that it is but that's uh that's definitely not the way it is is nothing's impossible, right it's been a it's been a really fun uh fun year having a a new baby around so
1: you sleeping sometimes
2: yeah i mean everything seems to come they just need to say babies don't sleep because it's always teeth or it's a a a leap an intellectual leap or it's a sleep regression Um, (laughs) they name it all kinds of things babies are going to sleep when they want to sleep and they're not going to sleep when they don't want to sleep and uh, when they don't sleep, mom and dad don't sleep. But a sleep regression. Yeah. Is that what they call it? That's now? what they call it. Yeah. Wow. They just get mad and don't sleep. But right. you know, and it's it is tough at times when you're when you're trying to stay sharp, you're trying to, you know, go to work, you're trying to take care of another child who has to get to school, who has to get to practice, you're trying to spend time with your spouse and, you know, um, enjoy the, the, the things that adults enjoy, be it a quiet dinner or, you know, around golf in the afternoon. But um, you know, I, I've, I've really just taken those nights when he's, when he's having trouble, when he's laying there, and just to look at him and just so thankful that we have him. So, you know, I don't yeah. let any of those moments slip by.
0: You know, I would say the other thing from a personal standpoint about Chase and I's relationship is that – and I'm sure you can appreciate this with your team, Josh, is that you, you guys work together every day but then you also spend time together outside of work and not everybody can do that really well and and manage that you know chase and i can go hard all day long but we can't wait to be together outside of work our wives we all love playing cards together we're great spades players we love playing golf to each other we're actually great teammates when it comes to being partners i mean some people just don't get along when it comes to that I can't wait to be his partner. He can't wait to be mine and, and we just look forward to that opportunity. And we don't we're not talking business. We can we, we find a way and I don't know how we've done it. We hadn't tried or made a point of it. I think it's just out of respect for each other. We know when to talk about it, when not to talk about it, because right. we know each other yeah. well enough after twenty plus years, somebody needs a break. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, it just don't fry your brain. Because, uh, you know, sometimes if you're with, with people, and you talk about work all the time, then you, you lose the personal relationship. We've done a really good job, in my opinion, on, on separating that. Uh, and, I, and I'm, I'm personally, as, as being one of my closest friends, I'm really proud of that because it's not you. easy.
1: No, definitely not. Definitely not. I think most of the time you always want to talk about work because that's what you relate with, especially what you're doing every day. So, But you guys go back a long way, Coach. what's the foundation who set your foundation for who you are I mean you know what this is the first time I really got to talk to you besides sitting in my office and talking about insurance and everything else so it's been it's been awesome but who's the foundation who made you who you are
2: um I you know I mentioned my grandfather he was he was such a hard worker um such a uh, just a genuine person um you know grew up with absolutely nothing I mean he he you know he would say you know he would sleep underneath several heavy blankets as a as a child and you know you wake up frost would be on the blanket because the fire would go out you know i mean he lived on a farm in in southwest virginia and you know just worked hard his entire life was in the military and um you know my dad is another definitely influential person in my life um you know always just worked hard always had several jobs going on. I can remember, you know, he was, uh, he, he operated the convenience store, started off as kind of a regional manager. And, you know, I would go to, go to the stores with him and I always wanted to run the cash registers as a kid, you know, and I'm probably holding the lines up, but you know, the, the ladies that worked at the stores were always really nice with that. You know, we had, um, the, the concession stand at a a local racetrack. So we would go on the weekends and, you know, I would carry bags of ice or carry drinks or, you know, put food out. And I mean, I'm, 10, 11 years old at the time. And it was really cool to get some money, you know, a little bit of cash in your pocket from doing that. But, um, you know, they, they, they always encouraged me to, you know, work as hard as you can work and, um, you know, take care of people. You know, that was the most important thing was you, you wanted to, you wanted to call people back. You wanted to answer somebody's phone call. You wanted to give people the attention that, that you would request that somebody else would give you. And that's what I really feel like I want to do is if, if anybody calls, you know, it, it bothers me until I make that phone call back because I know that person's on the other end. They need help with something. They need information. You know, and again with, with insurance it's usually something bad. They need a prescription, they need to go to the doctor. They've lost their ID card and their, their child needs to go to the emergency room. I mean it's it's always a you know kind of a nine one one kind of event. So, you know, every second that I, I'm tied up and can't get to something I'm thinking about, you know, how quickly can I get this taken care of so, so this person will feel better about their situation.
0: You know, I would say for me, um, you know, family is, is just everything uh, to me personally. I mean, I, from when I grew up and I watched my dad had two full-time jobs, and I can remember there being there as a kid saying, you know, Dad, why are you not – he didn't play golf, he didn't play any sports. His hobbies were playing cards, you know, if he had an evening off or fishing you know, and hunting, but he didn't do very I mean, I know he did a lot of it before I was born. Maybe I saw some things. Maybe he was gone when I didn't realize it on different deep sea fishing trips or things like that. But I mean, I watched a, a guy that worked two full time jobs, you know, to support his family, you know, and then, you know, my mom was a teacher and, and the things she did to support my brother, um, you know, you you'd learn, but also saw the positions that they put us in to where, you know, whether it's working in the yard, all these different types of things that, you know, it just created a foundation of that. I was, I may not have been the most talented, but I was going to outwork you. Right. Okay. And I'll be honest with you. I still, and Chase will tell you that about me. Good luck. Okay. <laughs> and Cause I am, I'm just going to move at a different speed. I'm going to do, and I, I prided myself this when I was at Western Carolina, it's still the same way with, with Stanford insurance is that you have to be the one that's going to do something that somebody else wouldn't do. Okay. And that's, who I, that's just who I am. That's what drives me day to day. And But all in an effort to help people, you know, is, is to really make a difference in their life, support their business, support them personally. And, um, you know, I'm thankful that my mom and my dad are still alive and, and they're, they're healthy. And my brother and, and my wife, Rebecca, her family, I just I have a great team of people that believe in me and I'm grateful for it and a great network of friends too that, you know, one of which that was here last week with you with Price Instruction and Mallory Fuller and his family. I mean, they're, they're dear friends of ours. And, um, you know, I just, I'm thankful and blessed. And, uh, we've got a, all got a bright future ahead of us and, um, you know, it's really special.
1: Well, that's great y'all. I mean, I cannot thank you enough for coming out here today doing this. We're,
0: we're honored. I mean, yeah, man, we, we are we're, we're humbled to be here. We've got, yeah. we just enjoy being together with you guys and, and hope we've, you know, just kind of share more about who we are.
1: Yeah, for you know, sure. It's, it's awesome to, you know, to, to get to know you more. Um, I appreciate it. But uh, that concludes the podcast for today.
0: You've been listening to the Fullport Podcast with Josh Howard and Nate Wyatt. Find us on social media like Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Just search T.P. Howard Plumbing. Make sure to click the follow button on the podcast and give it a five-star rating if you like what you hear.